Welcome everybody to the podcast. Today on our show we have Scout Walker. She is a very talented artist here in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, if you've been to any of the Luciernaga dinners, the beautiful space was designed by Scout. Um, so we're going to be talking about some of her artwork. We're going to be talking about just art in general um, and a lot of fun stuff today. So Scout, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> so Scout, if, if people don't know you and they're not familiar with work, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, this is always the worst part. I never know. It like, is the worst where part. Where to start or what to do. I teach art, and then I'm also an artist, so I always title myself a spatial designer and installation creator that tends to cover everything. Um, I'm also the third best at everything. I'm not the best at anything, but okay. I'm the third best at everything I try thus far. Like, I haven't tried anything where I've been like, oh, I can't do that. Just, <laughs> I'm never the best, though. Wait, I mean, do you have, like, trophies to prove that you're third best? Like, how'd you come to this ranking? Mm. I probably do have trophies, just not here. Okay. But I never win anything. Like, mm. I don't think I've, I've won, like, one thing in my life. But every, I've always been, like, honorable mention or third. That's not true. I came in second once at the state fair in the junior photography division. Okay. But if you, like, see the photo, it's a cute concept, but it's terrible. It's so <laughs> bad. I think I had, like, one of the point-and-shoot little digital cameras. Like, there was zero control yes. over any of the settings. It was definitely taken with flash. Oh. I still got second place. Wow. But every other time I've entered anything in the state fair, it's always been like honorable mention or third. Hey, that's talent so. right there, though. If you're using on camera flash on a point and shoot and you still got second, <laughs> listen, that's trendy now, but I was ahead of my time. That's true. Or behind. And at that point, I was probably behind. <laughs> it's fine. So, besides point shoot camera photos at the state fair, <laughs> <laughs> what what is, um, tell us a little bit about kind of your artwork now. Like, what, what are things that you like to create? What is the kind of art that you like to create now? Um, my favorite thing to do now is installation art. And the first question everybody always asks is, whoa, what's that? What's that? Yeah. Um, but installation art is any 3D work of art that's built for a specific space. Um, I prefer to do installations that are interactive. So usually with the ones I create, you can touch it, you can feel it. Um, you get to put an opinion in or kind of take part in the installation itself. And the reason I do that is because I loved going to museums with my dad as a kid. And you can't touch anything at museums. <laughs> and that always drove me insane. So I always thought, I was like, it'd be so great if you could go into a place and touch everything. And so that's part of the reason why I like everything to be interactive now. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people. See, so I, like as a kid, that was never like a problem for me. Like I was completely fine just like looking at things and not touching them. Like? <laughs> and, but I know people who like they can't see it until they touch it. And yeah. it drives them. Like my mother is like this. I'll like have something that like shouldn't be touched. Like it's still wet or mm -hmm. like, you know, a painting. And I'd be like, hey, look at this, but don't touch it. And like she just grabs it. And I'm, she's like, I can't see it unless I'm touching it. And I'm like, I don't understand you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Children's museums are always the best because those are meant to be touched like 80% of the time. So those are always good. I still like going to those. Those are fun because it just, and I'm like, yes, I can touch it. <laughs> That's cool. So, so um, you've kind of explained the concept of what, what it is, but, you know, if someone maybe has an experience like installation art like what are run us through some of like some recent like installation pieces that you've done like yeah. what is that like just for like everyday person to, mm -hmm. to see 
Uh, one of my favorite ones I did in Paris, France. This was in 2016. Um, it was part of a mission trip, but my job going on the trip was literally to go and create an installation. And the purpose of the installation was to get people to go view these films that were playing at a film festival. And so what I did with that is I created a concept here uh, well, I was living in Washington at the time, but I created the concept there and then brought it over to Paris and bought all the supplies there. I got all my measurements wrong because I didn't account for the metric system. And so <laughs> I was going into the store trying to explain what I needed and I didn't know how it was so bad. So they were way bigger than I anticipated. Uh, but what it was, was it was four posts uh, that weren't connected and each one had four questions on it. And what you did is you took a piece of string and you went through and answered each question with your string. So it began to create a visual graph as you went across each post. Um, so once people started answering questions, the different strings started growing. We gave everyone different colors. So there were, I think it was like four or five different colors of string. So as more people answered, more color got on there and you could see the visual graph of the different answers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like taking a survey and you could see in real time everyone's answers and mm -hmm. what the different uh, responses were to all of that. Mm -hmm. And that was actually a really neat installation because we did it in a public park and it was also translated into French. So I didn't really know what people were saying or answering. Mm -hmm. And when I explained it to them, they would, they would respond back because everyone in Europe speaks like three languages. So they would respond back in a totally different language. And I don't know exactly how it was received, but that everyone was smiling and like actually interacting with it and stopping to do so. So that was actually a really neat experience to be there and kind of interact with them. And language wasn't a problem at that point. Yeah. It didn't matter. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I remember seeing pictures from, from that, that piece and that's a, that's a cool concept. So what, what, what I kind of am getting from this is like that the people contribute like a piece to whatever the the art is that you're making. Like mm -hmm. the people kind of in in a way finish it or kind of complete it. Like is that is that something that you think of when you're putting like an installation together? Like that there's kind of intentionally like unfinished pieces that that you don't know how it's gonna end mm -hmm. up. Yeah, I like that the most whenever it's interactive because you can have a vision in mind of, oh, it might look like this when it's done, but it really just depends on who interacts with it, what are their age ranges, what are they answering, what are they doing, how are they responding to it, all of that kind of affects how, the final outcome of it. Mm -hmm. um, another one I did was a bunch of tiny envelopes on the wall, and each one had a different I guess dare. They weren't like anything crazy, like go dance in the street in your underwear. It wasn't that nuts. Um, but it went along with a gallery. So you picked a random envelope, picked out your dare, and then you went through the gallery. And then at the very end of the gallery, there was an area to where you responded to what was in the little envelope. Oh, okay. And you could either do that by drawing a picture, doing an action, or um, writing a response and attaching it to the wall. Wow, that's really cool. Um, have you ever done an installation where like the people did not like respond the way that you wanted them to? And you're just like, this is not what I envisioned. Like you're doing it wrong. 
not yet. <laughs> but now I'm a little scared. And I'm like, oh no. Because that would be like my fear. Because yeah. like I can be oh, like gosh. a control freak with some things where uh -huh. it's like, oh, like I had this vision and mm -hmm. like I want it to turn out this way. And then it's like, if someone were to take it and like go a completely different direction, like yeah. it would be like really disappointing. Like I would think I would be upset about it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It hasn't happened yet. People have definitely taken things not as seriously as I've wanted, but that's never been super offensive mm -hmm. in, to me at least. Um, there was one gallery I did for spring gallery night and we took a room, we covered all of it in white paper. And then on each wall, we wrote a different question and then we had a ton of different Sharpies and totally different colors, and people could write down answers to each of the questions across the wall. Mm. That was actually interesting because there were so many profound answers, and then there were so many dumb answers. <laughs> so many dumb answers. Like, like, what's, like a, what's a dumb answer? Like, what is your biggest regret? And then somebody wrote, um, coming here. You know, that kind wow. of stuff, and you're like... I think that's my brother who wrote that. Like, I'm, I'm just guessing <laughs> that sort of thing. Or people would write stuff like eating that burrito last night. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> TMI. Yeah. Um, has there ever been, um, you know, a, an installation that you've done where the people kind of surpassed your expectations? And you're like, wow, this became something like way like mm -hmm. cooler, like way bigger than, than I thought it was going to be. Yes, there are two that come to mind, and they were actually at the same event, which is kind of cool. So maybe <laughs> it was just that group of people, but they definitely went above and beyond what I expected. One of them involved Polaroids. So I took a barrel from this place I used to work at. They were throwing it out, and I took all the metal rings off the barrel, and then I hung them at different heights from the ceiling and attached different strings. And then I put out a bunch of Polaroid cameras, little mini Polaroids, and had people take pictures throughout the night and just add them mm. on the strings. So throughout the night, there were more and more photos going on. And it was really neat seeing what people captured because it wasn't just like, oh, here's a selfie of me. It was groups of people. It was people taking photographs of their friends, looking at the art. Um, everyone got to kind of be creative with the little cameras and mm -hmm. put their pictures up there. So that was really neat. I just expected to get a bunch of like terrible selfies yeah. <laughs> back from that one because people freak out when they see film and yeah. Polaroids. People love that. They love the tangible little thing. Yeah. I also thought everybody would try and keep the photos. So the fact that there was a bunch there <laughs> made me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one actually at the same gallery was this piece of wood on the wall. And each little section of the wood had a different phrase. And there were things like, I'm sorry. One said, forgive me for. And one said, I forgive you for. And then there was a space to where you could fill out post-it notes and answer each of the questions or write things down. Hmm. And I think that one only had maybe 10 responses total, but everyone who responded to that one did it seriously. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of, I felt a little uncomfortable when I was taking it down and like reading the different things people wrote. Because yeah. um, it was almost like reading someone's like secret journal note yeah. as they're writing it down, but people were super open and honest. I guess there's something about being anonymous to where you're like, well, I can put whatever I want and no one's yeah. going to know it's me. Yeah. But that was really interesting seeing that the answers to that. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Huh. That, that's super cool. Um, one of the things that I like about a lot of the installations that I've seen you do is they're usually very simple, like materials. Mm -hmm. So it's like very basic things or like a lot of things that you found or like yeah. scavenged or, or things like <laughs> that. And so 
taking these kind of like super ordinary, like mm-hmm. easily accessible items and then making something really cool out of it um, is something that I enjoy. Is that something that you do like intentionally or is that just like, I'm on a budget, so <laughs> I got to do I'm this. I'm cheap, to be <laughs> honest. I'm so cheap. Yeah, anytime I do something right now, like 80% of the time, it's because I want to do it. Um, materials aren't always covered. And so because of that, I try to be very resourceful mm-hmm. and I'll take things from other places or like the barrel at my work, they're throwing it out. So I was like, I can use these for something. And then after I use them for that installation, I gave them to my friend who's a woodworker and now he's using them for other things. So I like to reuse and recycle and then pass on whatever I can. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's because I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's something we can all, you know, relate yeah, to. Everyone can relate. <laughs> and it's, well, because whenever I see stuff, I'm like, oh, like, you can do, like, really yeah. nice things yeah. without, like, a ton, you ton of money. You can do a ton with, like, stuff you have around your house. But one thing we used for our wedding was a bunch of glass jars, and we stuffed eucalyptus in them and put water in it so it kind of refracted the light. And then we also smashed, my brother and I, that's the royal, we, we <laughs> smashed uh, terracotta pots and wrote like the menu on them and place cards on that. And the, that has been responded to so well. Our, um, the photos from them were on Martha Stewart. They were on Junebug Weddings and Festival Brides. Like people really loved that. And it was just terracotta pots that were in my mom's backyard. And I went over and I like kicked it and broke it. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> mom, can I have this? <laughs> And that's, that's what I used, and people have, like, responded so well to that because it's just a, I don't know, one man's trash is someone else's, <laughs> like, work of art. And so that's been interesting. Yeah, your wedding was one of the most, like, beautiful so weddings that, that I've been to. And I've been to a lot of weddings, you know, because I used to work in that industry. So I've seen uh-huh. lots of weddings. I've been to uh-huh. more weddings than I cared to tell. And it was just, like, everything looked, like, so nice like everything looked super cool like the vibe the feel of it was was really neat and a lot of it was like really simple stuff that Uh it just worked like Uh the way you put it together just worked which is is kind of cool to see yeah that was fun I treated it like an art gallery and I think that's why it ended up being so ornate yeah (laughs) (laughs) ornate's the best word I could think for it yeah there's a lot going on in a good way Yes. Yeah. Yes, but that was interesting because somebody who went to our wedding loved the de- design of it so much that he asked me to help design this future uh, space he was doing for his business. So I got a job out of that, which nice. is kind of cool. <laughs> Get, you, you got a husband and you got a job right? all in one day. Two in one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about in your art, um, I, I see kind of some elements sometimes, um, I'm thinking of like, I'm, 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 we're in your house right now, which is kind of like an art gallery. I'm looking for the one that I'm talking about, but, um, a lot of times there's kind of a lot of just kind of like Texas or like Tejano elements oh, yeah. and like kind of Mexican, um, style art. So as a Mexican American, mm-hmm. um, woman, how does that culture influence your art? Um, not just your personal art, but like when you're thinking about, um, you know, doing work for a client, are you able to kind of incorporate that into the art? Um, or is it more of just like, this is part of your personal expression, things that you like? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I think this one's actually kind of a long story. So growing up and in every art class or curriculum everywhere, people really want you to pick one 
thing and be good at that. So a lot of the famous artists we know were famous for painting a specific thing, like George O'Keefe, very famous for her flowers, like super close-up versions of that. Um, Frida, she's famous for her self-portraits. And like, there's all these people we know offhand and it's very specific styles and like one, one method that they use that they're known for. And I always hated that. I always hated being limited to like, oh, you're a painter. Oh, you sketch, you draw, you use colored pencil. I always thought that was dumb and thought, why limit me to just one thing? <laughs> so as I've created more and more things, I've been trying to still be very varied in what I'm doing, but keep it cohesive looking across the board so you can always tell that it's something I did. So I think my stuff tends to be kind of Southwestern-y and then a bit bohemian in how it's done. And that tends to be the general theme on what I'm doing regardless of its textile work or floral work or a painting, because I can do all of that. Doesn't mean I should. Um, <laughs> but it's all relatively cohesive in how that is. Um, and a lot of that stems from my background and how I grew up. My grandmother had all the quintessential Mexican art everywhere, all the little jars, mocajetes, like everything everywhere. And so I saw that all the time because we spent a lot of time with my grandmother. And um, anytime she would go back and visit her family, she would bring us little gifts and things. So I had so many Mexican influences in my life. And like how I dressed was very specific to that too as a kid. And so that's always kind of followed me throughout. And of course, I live in Texas. So there's a lot of Western-y things in it, although I hate like Western stuff. So I'm very specific to try and make it Southwestern and not so. So what's, what's the difference between Western okay. and Southwestern? To me, Western is more like cowboy boots, cowboy hats, cows, cow print, zebra print. I know that doesn't go, but it, it's always in Western. I don't know why. Um, and turquoise, <laughs> teal, that's out. That's out for me. Um, but Southwest tends to be more of a stucco look, kind of that terracotta, orangey tones, um, more brass tones than silver. Silver tends to be more Western, and brass and gold tends to be more Southwest-esque. Still bones. I love bones. So that kind of plays its way in there as well. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So wait, are you from Fort Worth, or where did you grow up? Dallas and Arlington. So okay. DFW always, yeah. just different parts gotcha. okay. of it. And then ended up here. I don't really know why, but I'm here now. I lived in Washington for a little bit in Seattle, and that was that was good fun. Um, but moved back here a little bit before we got married. Michael and I got married. How long were you in Seattle? A year. So I did an art residency program. I had an internship out there, and then I had a scholarship to Pottery Northwest. So I went to pottery school while I was out there. <laughs> Another like random caveat of things I did. So wait, wait, so what did you learn when you were at the at the pottery school? Oh, like well, everything? I did wheel throwing specifically, mm. um, which I've always been fascinated with. Loved that as a kid. I would watch, we used to go to craft fairs, and they'd always be the Amish people with their wheels, their pottery wheels, and they would throw, and I'd just stand there. And my parents would be like, cool, we'll see you in an hour. Yeah. You know, and they'd come <laughs> back and get me at the end, because that was always my favorite. Yeah. Um, so when I learned that Pottery Northwest was in Seattle and was like minutes from where I lived. I contacted them and told them I wanted to apply, go to school there um, while I was living in Seattle. And they accepted me, gave me a full scholarship. So I got to go and that was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I really enjoyed it. I was so bad. It was not my best. Um, but I do have a lot of like the little things I made around in my apartment too, which is kind of cool. That's cool. So is that something that, um, I'm just thinking of like, is that something that you could do here? Like, is that something that you still do or is it, was it just like, this is an experience. I like, I learned this cool stuff. Like, how do you take, cause you have done like lots of distinct things. Mm -hmm. So how do you tie these different experiences mm -hmm. into kind of what you're doing? Yeah. in any given moment. That is definitely something I would love to do in Fort Worth. I haven't found a place that works in the way I want it to. And that's just, Pottery Northwest is literally a pottery college. And mm. so like any other studio at a college, you can go whenever it's open and use any of the materials and you're unsupervised. They don't care because they've trained you and what you know what you're supposed to do. You took classes, et cetera. And there's not as many options for that here in Fort Worth. There's different places that do pottery, and, but you have to do like classes or pay by the hour, et cetera. So that's a little bit harder to do here in Fort Worth. Um, but I still really love pottery and how it influences things. It's also an interesting art form that is really well connected to my Mexican heritage. That's a huge thing there and here as well, but not quite as rich as it is in Mexico right now. But they have different styles of pottery for different regions, and there's different um, patterns that they paint on them that tell different stories or kind of signify, oh, this is from Oaxaca, like these, this is from Monterey, et cetera. So that's a really neat thing that I like seeing and knowing. Do you have a favorite pottery style of, like from Mexico, like that you've seen? Or do you I like all of them? I don't think I have a favorite. I like all of them. Favorites are hard. I always ask yeah. people favorite questions, but I don't like being asked favorite questions. So the more you're asking it, I don't know. I'm just kidding. It's I fine. mean, it's it's fair to be like I don't have a favorite. I don't think I have a favorite. That's totally I haven't fine. seen one I don't like. Okay. How about that? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I always give people the option because some, some people, people, someone someday will have a favorite. Yeah, and, and like, like some people have a favorite. Some people like legit don't have a favorite, like anything. Like they like lots of things. Yeah. And that's fine. I think I would love to go and study pottery there. That would be I dope. actually thought about that this morning. <laughs> While they, I think it, we were sitting at church, and I was like, I need to go to Mexico, and I need to take pottery lessons. You should do it. It's on the list. Just make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like six-week intensive, go and yeah. make a bunch of stuff and bring it back. Find a school. I think it'd be really them. fun to make a bunch of things, bring it back, and then do installations with them or do like floral work with them very specific yes or both two and one yes yeah that would be awesome floral is one of the ones i wish i could work more with because i really love live floral installations mm. but live flowers are so expensive so if anyone <laughs> has the budget and they really want a live floral <laughs> installation please call me it'll be amazing i just can't afford that yeah <laughs> uh speaking of live floral installations you did, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you did um, our installation for Luciernaga, mm -hmm. um, the first one and the second one, which were both completely different, and we'll get into that too, just stylistically. But the first yeah. one um, was super fun. We did at Fort Worth Black House. Uh, it was right before Halloween. So, like, all the food was black, mm -hmm. and we wanted kind of all of, like, 
the decorations also to be black. So it was fun because I kind of just threw some ideas at you and was like, have fun. Here's our yeah. <laughs> budget. Um, you know, see what, see what you can come up with. And you had a really cool um, kind of hanging mm -hmm. live floral installation. So tell us a little bit about that because you're going to uh, be better at describing it than I will. That was so fun. Um, so the prompt I was given was black, kind of creepy, kind of mysterious, but still really cool. And I was like, yes, because I love black. I love black. It's my favorite um, shade for everyone. Who you can that. call it a color. I'm I not always a snob. do. And then someone always is like, it's a shade. Well, but that's probably can... based on the people I hang out with. So I need to choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, black is my favorite color. Yes. I love it more than anything. You can't tell by my apartment because it's all like pink and terracotta. But yes. black is my number one favorite. <laughs> um, but what I did was I took fan palms. And those are traditionally green. And they're massive. They're so big. They were, were wider than I am. Like, I held one up, and I was like, this is so big. This is perfect. So I got a bunch of those and then some Curly Widow. And then I dyed a silk gauze fabric to be kind of a mottled black and gray tone. And I made kind of a floral explosion using the Curly Widow as, like, these tiny little details spiraling out of the center. And then it was the painted black fan palms all in the center, and it was suspended over the table, so it was kind of this big black explosion. And then I put the gauze fabric, I shredded some of it and tied it throughout, so it was kind of hanging down lower to give a cool like up and down element with your eyes. It was a lot to look at, and it was really neat because it was all the same shade of black, but because there's so many textures in it, it didn't morph into one little mm. orb. It was visually interesting, so your eye could follow it around. Mm. And those, um, the fan palms, I think were, were my favorite part. I still, they're I so kept fun. two of them and they dried really nicely and they're yeah. still like, they look kind of that. the same. I was like, what if they like shrivel up and are like the size of a toothpick tomorrow? <laughs> they, you know, they shriveled up a little bit, but they still like totally have their yeah. shape. They're so. cool. They're cool. And that's good to know. Cause it's like, Oh, they're, you can keep using them. Yeah. And they were, yeah. <laughs> they were used a lot, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one. I really enjoyed that one. That one was a lot of fun. And then um, we thankfully had you do our second one, too, mm -hmm. which was so same. That one might be my favorite. Same place, mm -hmm. um, but different menu, completely mm -hmm. different vibe. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about, about the second mm -hmm. one, because that one was so much fun to, to do. That was, and it all, like, looked so good. So that was in December. Mm -hmm. So we had talked about doing something kind of Christmassy, but not so that it wasn't super overt or like crazy commercialized no, Christmas. Like Santa Claus, no does snowman. Does anyone love that? I don't know. It's a Maybe. little aggressive. So I think we started with our color palette and kind of nailed that down, which was actually a picture of cactus of, and maybe some coral in there. It was really, a really interesting textury picture and based all the colors off of that. So it was like, Kind of a salmony tone, some greens, like a wine color as well, and some orange, like the marigold kind of color. And um, what I did with that was make two panels to be hung on the wall, and they were made to look like a like flattened out piñata on the wall. And it was so fun looking. It really looked like a party with the two hanging on the wall. And I loved that when people walked by, they would like, blow in yeah. the, the wind <laughs> so fun that that one was really fun and i i love those 
those two panels that you did because um, I remember I was talking about them like, oh, like we wanted to kind of like be reminiscent of a pinata without mm-hmm. like the neon yeah. colors. Yes. And um, even though they're just like these flat panels, like everyone like gets it instantly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, it's kind of like a pinata. Yeah. And I was like, yes. it worked. Like Thank you. concept <laughs> brought to life yes. and people get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, that was fun. Yeah. Those were good. I really liked those. They were really heavy, honestly, but surprisingly they were really fun. heavy. They yeah. look so light. Yeah, because tissue pictures paper of them. is deceiving, and you're like, "Ooh, how light and airy!" And then you go like, move it onto the wall or off the wall, and you're like, "What is this? <laughs> Why is it this way?" They were so heavy. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'll carry both of these out mm-hmm. at the same time." No. And I was like, "Nope, mm-hmm. these are far too large, yeah. far yeah. too heavy to do that with." Yeah, they were <laughs> beefy. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was a super fun one just to kind of get to, to kind of play with those elements. Yeah. Um, so what do you, do you have any, any upcoming projects, installations, secrets you can share with the public? Uh, yes and no. So mm, I'm always in- thinking of like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing I want to do? Um, I am doing a interactive installation for open streets in April. And what what is open streets? Open streets happens on Magnolia street here in Fort Worth. It's kind of a cross between a street fair and like a neighborhood block party. So they close off the street, they divide it in half. One half is for strolling, like walking. And then the other half is for skateboards and bikes and scooters, rollerblades, whatever, and they'll build like different ramps and jumps and things you can do on that one half of the street. And then the half for walking has different activities for kids and adults and then some vendors and different food options. It's a really fun time. If the weather's nice, then it's a really fun, really fun event. (laughs) That does sound like fun. That's cool. And speaking of food, Mm -hmm. we we have to talk about food. I love food. We have have to talk about food. I really like conchas. Mm. All pandulce. All pandulce. Specifically conchas. Guys, she had like a whole spread of pandulce at her wedding, and it was the best thing ever. It was so good. I only got like one little cookie, and that's all (laughs) I had, but I knew it was there. I had a lot more than one little cookie. I was thrilled that it was there. Um, I I love cooking, and I love eating. Um, my rule is I can eat whatever, but I just have to make it. So I try to mm-hmm. make almost everything from scratch. If, it, if I'm going to have cinnamon rolls, it's got to be from scratch, breads from scratch, et cetera. So I'm a little more obsessive about that, but it always tastes so much better. Yeah. And then well, I always sure. feel super victorious as I'm eating. I'm like, I made this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what of it? So. What's your like go-to like for baking and cooking? Like what, what's something like you always are just like, this is always good. Like I always want this. Scones. I haven't messed them up yet, so that's a good one. Then I also have a quick bread recipe that I like to make a lot. That one's really good because you can just change what um, herbs and stuff you put in there, and then it has a different flavor each time, mm. so that's a fun one. also really like making cakes. Okay. I enjoy that. I did work at a bakery for a long time, but I didn't make cakes when I worked at the bakery. <laughs> I worked at the front desk, and then I managed, so I never I never made anything in the kitchen, which is so ironic because people <laughs> all the time are like, oh, Scout worked at a bakery. She can make this cake for this event, and the answer is no. Like, I will not make your cake. No, no, don't ask me. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to, but for personal events, I'm into it. 
Yes. You've made you've made some cool looking cakes before. Because uh, I want to. Yeah. When I'll, I don't want to. I'll catch to. you on the They're gram making cool. cakes. <laughs> they look they look really cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think was it because at your wedding you didn't have a cake cake, right? I had a display cake. You had a display cake. Yeah. And then it was just surrounded by like bundles. Yeah. All the bundles. That was a, yeah, it looked so good. It did I have good. pictures and it looks great. Yes, <laughs> I can't tell you if it was. It was tasty. I tried everything on that good. table and good. it was yeah. quite good. Yes. Yep. Where do, where do you get your pandulce from? Where do you like? So. Or do you make your own conchas and, and such? No, I haven't actually ever made my own. I want mm. to, but I haven't. I tried it twice and they were like acceptable, yeah. but. I was like, these no, they're so cheap. Why would I make them? That's like the one thing. That, that was I'm like, why I, I taste right. stopped. I yeah. was like, I could just pay seventy nine cents and get one that's way better than this yes. one I just made. So. Yeah, well, I should try that though. I can't be over here like, I <laughs> use Mexican influences in everything I do and like not actually bake that way. So that's <laughs> uh, convicted. I'll make cookies. I won't do conchas. I'll make cookies and then I'll feel better. It'll be go. okay. Yeah. Wait, pigs. but so where do you get them? Where, what's your what's your go-to bakery? Um, in Arlington. That's actually where I got all my stuff for my wedding. Is at mm. Marquez Bakery. Mm. So they're near the stadiums, all in Arlington, kind of close-ish to 360. It's where we always went growing up. That's where I got all my stuff for my wedding. It was nice. super cheap and so good. So good. Pan <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. dulce is so like underrated for like parties and stuff. Yeah. Like, when people are like, hey, bring dessert, I go to the bakery and yeah. I load up. I did that for Thanksgiving because <laughs> I went for the first time to Michael's family's Thanksgiving, and they're all in Kansas. And I just, the day we drove out there, I went and bought so much bundles and brought it all out there. I was like, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you are welcome. This is my gift to you. Yes, good luck finding it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a gift. My gift to everyone. There you Here's go. Some yes. And it's the best gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> So for anyone who is interested in art or, or who already does art or maybe wants to get started or wants to do more or wants to kind of branch out, like, do you have any advice for, for those people? I would say just start experimenting and figure out what you want to do. Another thing would be stay off Instagram and Pinterest when you're really developing what you want to do because you don't want to copy what someone else is doing and create like kind of morph it and be like, oh, this is my style. Cause that's not true. That's not something you designed or came up with or created or photographed a specific way. That's not your work. If you're taking someone else's and trying to make it look like that. So try and figure out a way to create something that's uniquely you whenever you're creating things that way it doesn't look like someone else's and it stands out and then people can see your work and be like, oh, that's, that's so-and-so's work. They always do this or I can tell by these color tones. That'd be my advice. Yeah, good advice. Awesome. Well, Scout, if they want to follow you and your work, do you have a website? Where can they follow you? Where can they find your stuff? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at, at OriginallyScout and my website is OriginallyScout.com. Awesome. Well, Scout, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. If you guys like this podcast and enjoy it, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. You can also uh, rate us on Anchor or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Um, 
And if there's anybody that you know that would be good to interview on the podcast, they don't have to be here to Fort Worth, shoot me an email um, at widowkitchen at gmail.com. But, um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today.